welcome to Dating for the 50 Plus Crowd. I'm your host, David Kiley, and my co-host is Adrian Lenhoff. Say hello, Adrian. Hello. And uh, this is our first episode, and I'm very excited about that. Adrian and I have been talking about it for, for some months now. And uh, uh, I guess we'll get into a little bit about who we are and why we're doing this. But um, Adrian, let's start off by telling our listeners why we're doing this and why we think we have something to say about dating when you're over 50. Um, now I'm tongue tied. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I'll tell you what, I'll go first. I'll go first. Okay. So, so I think the reason why we're doing this is that you and I have been in the dating pool and, uh, I actually, I think it's kind of cool to mention that we, that's how we met. We met through one of the dating apps and we went out a couple of times and uh, we remained friends after that. And, you know, kind of checking in with one another over time on different things. And, and, uh, and then uh, about, I don't know, I think it, maybe I brought it up to you about four or five months ago. Um, you know, let's, what, why don't we do that podcast that uh, we've been talking about? And, uh, uh, but I've been married uh, before. I have a, I have a son and uh, I was a journalist for 35 years before I went into the PR field. And when you're a journalist, you are very curious about everything. You're kind of a natural analyst. That's what you do all the time. You're analyzing information. You're analyzing the things that you observe and that you cover. And then you turn those things into content, whether it's a newspaper story or a magazine story or podcast or a radio report, all of which I've, I've done. And um, I realized that I had a lot of stories. And uh, as we started thinking about doing this, I looked on the podcast platforms to see what else was there. And I, I hope this doesn't sound immodest, but um, what I found was garbage. It was terrible. It was, you know, I, I, I basically found people uh, doing podcasts on this topic who I thought were either a little bit crazy, a little, a lot self-centered and not terribly intelligent, I thought. I hate that this is gonna start to sound immodest. Um, but I also, I also found people who were talking just to themselves. And I thought, this is a kind of a topic that you need a, two people to, to bounce things off of. And I thought, that's why I, I asked you to do it, because I know you have experience. And uh, you'll give a little bit of your biographical information. Um, but, you know, we're both pretty intelligent people. Um, and we both have stories. We, and I think that's the way we will give useful information and perspective to people, not by telling you, you should do this, you should do that, but by just sharing our stories um, about, you know, what we've faced out there and, and, and our perspective. So what, why don't you take it from there? Sure. Um, I think, I think that we've seen a lot in, in our being out there and, are meeting people and just even observing. Um, 
I am, you know, divorced with a daughter. I am in the public relations field and um, have seen, you know, have seen through clients. I had a client that actually was a dating app and, you know, in working with them, you know, part of, part of what I saw was the need for an education process on all of this. You know, you can, you can pretty much meet every type of person out there. There's a lot of disingenuous people that are out there. Um, a lot of people who are getting back into the dating scene you know, after a long marriage, after, you know, losing a spouse, um, you go into it a bit more, a bit more trusting on, on some level, some people do. Mm -hmm. And, um, there's a lot of, a lot of topics and a lot of information that hopefully we can share anecdotally to help people, um, dip their toes and ultimately, you know, jump into, you know, the dating pool mm -hmm. um, and have, you know, and have some great experiences. Um, I agree. And I think the way that people will get information um, and perspective is, is through our stories and God knows I, I have, uh, I have a lot of stories. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh. Um, so so our first topic, so let's dive into our first topic because I'm, I'm a big believer in sort of keeping things moving along. And so the title of this episode is How is Dating in Your 50s Different? And, uh, so that, then it, and by different, I mean how is it different from when you were in your 20s or your 30s, uh, let's say. And uh, so I'll, I'll start. Um, I think for one thing, some things have not changed from the time that I'm in my late 50s now. Some things have not changed about dating since I was trying to do it in my early 20s because, you know, you're still looking for romance. You're still looking for chemistry. You're still looking for someone that you find sexually appealing. Um, those are the those are the common things that you know that have not changed. However, the things that have changed to me, I think, are if you're somebody who has had you know a career and accomplishments, maybe you have a marriage or two behind you, um, and you have some financial stability, uh, whether you're you know kind of solidly in the middle class, middle economic class, or maybe you're doing better than that. I think there's a hesitancy to choose someone who has, for lack of a better phrase, made a lot of bad choices. Um, because you're, you're at this stage where you're starting to look ahead to the end of your working career, right? Hopefully you've got uh, a nest egg, you've got an IRA and things like that. You have some plans about what you wanna do when you're no longer tethered by a day job. And so you've got, you got more things. You have this catalog of stuff that it, it, when you get into your fifties, 
that you didn't have when you were 21 and 22, when you're just starting out and, or you're 25, you're just starting out. Maybe you didn't even, you weren't worried so much about financial security. You were looking for financial success at that point. Um, and so I think that you naturally, when you get to know somebody at this age, when you agree to meet them and you start uh, talking over coffee or over a drink, you, you, you're listening, or maybe you saw something in their profile that is kind of red flagged or deal breaker in terms of the situation of their life. Before you get to know their personality and whether or not there's chemistry and sexual appeal and things like that, you're, you're, you're having that conversation with yourself about the stuff that's coming out, is that something that I want to get involved with? Is that something I want to buy into? What, what do you think? Um, I, a couple of things in terms of, in terms of what you, what you said, first off, you know, from, from a female perspective, um, the financial question comes up a lot in terms of, there's a lot of men or friends of mine and myself have encountered at different times men who are out there to qualify the females that they're that they're meeting to see which one they can um they can take advantage of financially mm. um you know the other side of it though i think i think the bigger point david that that you're making there is that, you know, when you're in your 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, and you're getting back into the dating pool, your life has transitioned and changed a lot. Um, everybody's coming into these relationships with baggage that they didn't have in their 20s and possibly into their early and mid 30s. You know, you've got children, you know, you've got potentially grandchildren, you have potentially ex-spouses and extended family, you have a string of ex-relationships, you know, down, down the pike, or you're coming from an ideal relationship. Let's say that you're, you're widowed and you've been with your spouse, you know, pretty much your entire life you know, getting, getting acclimated and getting back into the flow and, and meeting somebody who, you know, if you've been widowed and you're meeting somebody whose marriage, you know, ended up in divorce, you're probably coming from two different perspectives in terms of how you're valuing that relationship. In terms of um, the things we're all looking for, you know, we're looking for that secret sauce. We're looking for that partner in crime. We're looking for that best friend that, you know, at this age, we can spend what's left, you know, what's left of our, you know, health, you know, health and mobility and everything else with somebody that we can enjoy life and build, you know, and build something with. Yeah, I, um, I agree. I just did jump in for a second and say that I think that, you feel either consciously or subconsciously in your fifties that um, 
you know, you're starting to, you can, it's like if you play a round of golf, you can, you can see the 18th hole. <laughs> you know, it's, you might only be like in the 11th or 12th hole, but you can see the 18th hole. Whereas when you're 20, 21, 22, 25, you know, you're, you're at the first hole, you're at the second hole, you know, it's, it's, yeah. uh, you know, in terms of the life that you plan on leading. And, and as I said earlier, you know, we're, 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 you know, in our cases, I know you and I will probably work well into our sixties, you know, before we, and I'm putting air quotes around retire. Um, but, uh, but still, you know, life expectancy being what it is, you know, I figure, I've got, if there's anything to, uh, you know, the, the heredity and all of that, that, you know, maybe at best I've got another 25 years um, to, you know, to, on this planet. And so that's what I mean by seeing the 18th hole. So the stakes are, are like, you, you're, I find myself not wanting to spend time with someone who at a certain, like after a month or six weeks or seven weeks, I figure I know enough about this person to ask myself the question, can I see myself with this person a year from now? Can I see myself with this person five years from now? And if the answer is no, for whatever reason, I'm out. I, I break it off because I don't want to get in deeper with somebody from, you know, on my side of things. And I don't want them to get to, you know, any deeper than, than they already are because I'm not seeing it. I'm just not, I'm not feeling it. I'm not seeing it. So why continue, you know? But that gets us into, you know, a, a topic around all of this, which I mean, you didn't say it, but one of the differences of dating now versus when you were dating in your 20s just comes down to how you're communicating and how people prefer to communicate in a dating or or even p- potential dating situation. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it comes down to texting versus, you know, good old fashioned picking up the phone and calling somebody. It's texting, it's sending, you know, messages through messenger on Facebook. It's putting an emoji on something that (laughs) they've posted. And then there's the other side of it, which people, um, it's, it's a little bit different in terms of etiquette at this point too. Um, there's a lot of ghosting too. You meet yeah, okay. somebody and then you never hear from them again. They yeah. don't respond to your texts. They, you know, we're, you know, it's funny. We have a list of topics we're going to cover, you know, over the course of this podcast and we're, we're sort of touching, you know, we're just brushing up against a few of them. Like we've got an episode on deal breakers. We've got an episode on ghosting on our list. So, um, you you know, because these are all things I should say, just as a a sidebar, you know, we talked about the fact that you and I have stories, right? Well, I am very involved in theater and I, uh, launched this thing recently. Uh, it's a 10 minute 
a play festival. So I solicited uh, entries for 10 minute plays and, and the title of it is called Swipes. And it's, it's all, of the top, all of the plays have to tie in with online dating. Well, I thought that I would get maybe 25 submissions. Tomorrow's the deadline, I'm up to 106. <laughs> but people, everybody people has a story. story. People have stories. And that's what we're going to explore on this podcast. In fact, I had the idea yesterday that maybe the finalists, because we're going to have part one and part two. So we have 10 plays uh, for part one and 10 plays for part two after the jury selects which ones we're going to do and which ones are well done. And I'm thinking maybe we turn that into a podcast, actually, that uh, if I could get the releases from, from these folks, yeah. um, that, we, that we do... Maybe we embed in some of our episodes, you know, over the course of time, uh, an acted out, you know, dramatic reading of, of each of these, <laughs> each of these, each of these topics, you know, so yeah. no, actually yeah. do the plays, do, do the plays that, you know, and just embed, embed them in our podcast and use the, the subject of the play to do a, you know, to, to be our topic of that day, you know. So, yeah. Yeah. So that's good. Let's, let's talk about, you know, again, dating differences between now and in your 20s. Yeah, yep, um, yep. You know, in your 20s, you're meeting people, you know, from work, you're meeting people in social situations, you're meeting people, you know, at a bar or in a nightclub or, you know, a community, you know, community or faith-based group or whatever, um, you know, when you get into your forties and you get into your fifties, you get into your sixties, seventies, you know, it's, it's changed a bit, you know, yeah, maybe there's some fix up, fix up still and, and things like that. But for the most part, a lot of it is these dating apps and it's swipe left or swipe right or you know send an emoji um you know all of all of that type of stuff or it's you know social media where you know somebody sees something you posted it's 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 changed a bit it isn't so much the one-on-one -on -one, mm -hmm. you know meet cutes and things like that that you know I, you, you know it, yeah i um uh I have a friend in her late forties who is no longer, she's single, but she gave up on the dating apps and she described online dating as a all you can eat buffet because she said the, the feeling is that you load up your plate, you get back to the table, you eat some of it, you decide, eh, I should have chose something different. So you go and you dump the food in the in the garbage can and go back to the buffet, get something else. And, and so there's a, there's a cruelty in that, uh, you, you know, to, to bad, and, and I'm sort of referring to ghosting, you know, that, you know, you, you, you like, uh, it's happened to me. Um, and, um, and, uh, I've done it a few times. I, I can't explain, you know, I could probably get into it. When we do our ghosting episode, I'll probably, I'll sort of trace my memory as to why 
I, I did it and what I think some of the reasons are people do it. Um, but uh, I, I frankly, I think mostly it's that people are talking to multiple people and they, and they decide that one of these people has risen to the top and that they're going to go out with that person. And instead of sending a message, like let's say you've been talking to somebody for a week or two weeks uh, on and off, uh, and instead of sending them a message saying, hey, I'm really sorry, but I actually met somebody I'm pretty interested in and want to date them. And I'm sure you're a good person. I just wanted to wish you luck and not, not do a, a ghosting. Most people don't do that. Most people just view somebody they haven't met yet as being somewhat, I hate, I don't like this word, but somewhat disposable. So it's like, eh, just I'm just going to block or get rid of that person now on the dating app while I go do this other thing. Yeah. Yeah, no, uh, I, yeah. No, I said, and it just an another reason, and I, I, one of the reasons that, you know, we wanted to do this together is because I think it's important to have both a guy perspective and a woman perspective, you know, on these topics. And so one of the things that I think uh, that is different is that for guys who have been married, okay, and then they get divorced, um, I think, and I don't know if this is a me thing or whether it's a guy thing. Um, sometimes I do know the difference. This one, I'm not so sure. But um, is that we're, we're not inclined to think about getting married again. You know, we, we, if we've been in a, let's say a, a 10 or a 20 year marriage or something, we, and, and you know, the, the divorce happened for a reason. Um, the last thing in the world we want to do is get back into another marriage uh, trajectory. <laughs> like we want to be out there. We want to, you know, just be independent and uh, I, I don't know, use the phrase fancy free, but you know, um, so, so that's, that's a thing that, that some, you know, for, for guys anyway, I, I don't know, maybe you have a different perspective for the woman's side. No, I mean, you know, first, first off, I mean, I think there's a section or a segment of women who are, who are looking to get remarried. I think that there's a segment of women who are independent and are looking to be involved with somebody more as a companion or a partner versus a legal spouse. And then I think that there's a segment of women who um, aren't looking to make something legal with somebody because that could impact um, estates, it can impact mm -hmm. benefits, it can impact all sorts of things. Um, just like I think same thing for for men. There's a group of a group of men who want to get married, mm -hmm. you know, and are looking at that. And there's that group that doesn't, you know, for for you know, independence, you know, been there, done that, you know, you got to look at the fact that, you know, 
over 50% of marriages end up in divorce. And when you start adding in a second marriage, a third marriage, those, you know, those statistics go out the, you know, out the door. And you start to look, and you start to look foolish with your family and friends. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. I have a couple, you know, I have a couple um, friends and a couple clients that, you know, are in their 50s, 60s, 70s, who are involved with long-term partners, you know, and they're maintaining separate residences. Um, You know, they're traveling together. They might even go to a warm weather destination for an extended period of time, you know, to snowbird a bit in the winter, but they're not tying the knot, you know, the way that you would or the rush that you would perhaps if you're looking to get married and, and start a family and ultimately raise a family, you know, you're at a different place in your life. In yeah, a I mean, when I, when I got married, you know, was it, we dated for a couple of years, we got engaged and then, uh, and then we planned a wedding, you know, within that year that we got engaged that I think is a fairly common time frame. Now, uh, if I were to meet somebody that I wanted to partner with, and my thinking now, frankly, is, well, let's date, let, let's see where this goes, you know, a month, you know, for a year or two. Uh, at that point, you know, I think you should know if you're in for two years, you, you, you have a sense that eh, this is a person I want to be with, this is a person I want to partner with. Uh, let's talk about moving in. And then, um, and, and that becomes sort of an economic driver too, because you're not paying two mortgages or two rents and, you know, things like that. And there's a benefit to, to, to that. And then my thinking, frankly, at this stage of my life is after we were living together for, you know, two years, three years, four years, then you really know, you know, you should know by that. And then you, and then you have a conversation. You want to just keep it this way or, you know, or do you think we should think about getting hitched? You know, like to me, that's the, that's the, the, a trajectory that feels comfortable for me at this age and this stage of my life. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm seeing both ways. I'm seeing people rushing into um, live-in situations. I'm seeing people rushing into marriage or, you know, in, engagements. And then I'm also seeing the other side of things where people are having, you know, longer drawn out, you know, drawn out phased, phased relationships too. I think, I think part of it is depending on too, where you're at with your family and where, you know, where your kids are at and everything else. I mean, I can tell you, so here's a story, actual story. So I dated somebody for about six or seven months and she was making noise about wanting me to move in with her. And 
uh, because she knew that the, the lease on my apartment was going to come up for renewal or not in about three months. And she had uh, children who had left the nest and it didn't feel comfortable to me at all. I mean, I, you know, I'm like, no, I don't, I don't want to move in. And that actually fractured the relationship and, and it ended. And I happened to know that she met somebody else on a dating app like two weeks later. And she moved in with that guy six months later. And I, you know, I thought to myself, I kind of felt like I dodged a bullet because instead of being interested in me, I kind of felt like she was interested in having a man move in with her, you know, and, and those are two very different things. You know, um, I've seen it, I've seen it both ways and I've heard it both ways too with, um, friends, friends of mine, um, having, having somebody that they're just meeting, you know, or just getting to know, try to, try to rush that, that phase of things or, you know, take, take advantage. Um, in the, in the same token, I've, I've met people who like right off the bat, you know, are like, Oh, I could live here, you know, red flag, <laughs> red flag, red flag, you know, um, always, you know, what's the motive, what's the issue, this, that, the other, you know, at this point, you know, in our lives, you know, most of us have, have strived for some, some level of stability where, you know, a lot of us, unless, you know, it's, it's a divorce or something like that, where assets have gotten split and houses have gotten, you know, or houses has had to hit the market and, you know, you're in an apartment and just, you know. <laughs> Those are bad reasons to move in. I, you know, again, another ex-girlfriend of mine who I'm still friends with, she last year, she started dating this guy three months later. She, uh, she had been renting a house and she sold all her stuff or they sold a lot of stuff off and moved in with this guy into his house after three months, three months, I just thought, three months. And I thought, how great now she's a little younger. She's not quite in her fifties yet. She's in her forties in her, in her mid to late forties. And I just thought, Oh my God, that seems lunatic to me. <laughs> you know, okay, to, to that credit, okay, my, and maybe I shouldn't give so much personal information <laughs> or whatever, but my, my, an aunt of mine um, who was in her 60s when, when my uncle passed away, met a man um, actually in, in, you know, the grief, you know, the grief mm -hmm. group that, that she was going to. And um, they ended up, you know, he ended up moving into her place, selling his place, 
when she had to go into assisted living, he went into assisted living with her. They never and, got married. And how long did they know each other before they moved in? Before he moved in? I, you know, I, they were, I would say maybe a year. It was okay, quick. A year. Okay. A year sounds more reasonable. I, this person of my three months, I'm just like, yeah, no, 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 three crazy. months is, is, is like, you know, tabloid fodder. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, listen, I hope it works out for it. But anyway, uh, I'm conscious of time because we want to keep these episodes around a half hour a piece. Um, so let's, let's, uh, let's wrap up our first episode and uh, Adrian, this is great. I'm glad we get getting this off the ground. And I'll tease our next episode, which is going to be about deal breakers. What what are our deal breakers, and do we have too many or not? So I'm David Kiley, and uh, my partner Adrian Lenhoff. Thank you, Adrian, and we'll be back for episode two.